I want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respect to them and their elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to We Want to Be Better. It's a little mini-series, babe. day when I was on Tinder, I would get so annoyed when a guy's profile would say, I love having fun. <sighs> yeah, duh, of course you do. Because anything that is fun to you is enjoyable, so of course you love it. What the fuck? Who writes something that moronic? I'd always eye roll at those profiles and immediately swipe left. That wasn't the only reason I swiped left. Seriously, why are you always holding dead fish and posing with cage tigers? But it was definitely one of my pet peeves that resulted in immediate left swiping. Yet, while I was certainly on my high horse about what defines fun, I was actually struggling to remember what fun was for me. I remember when I was a kid, playing dress-ups was fun. Putting my cat in my doll's pram and pushing it around was fun. Foursquare was fun. Spotlight, now that was fun. Just hanging out with my friends, having sleepovers, making up dance routines. That was fun. I had fun all the time. Fun was really easy back then, back when I was free to make noise, run around and be silly. But as I started to get older, the definition of fun changed. Instead of looking for my own fun to have, I would just wish away the time until I was old enough to drive, old enough to live on my own, and old enough to drink. I was tired of silly, childish nonsense. I wanted to have real fun. Before I had even hit the legal drinking age, before I'd even had my first proper drink, I was under the impression that alcohol was fun. So I grew up and I drank a lot. If drinking meant you were fun, then I was going to drink the most, so everyone knew I was always up for a good time. I was always out at parties, at clubs, at bars. If I was going to brunch, I'd get a mimosa, because that'd make it more fun. Road trip? That sounds sick. Shotgun not driving, so I can drink the whole way. International flight? I'ma take advantage of the free drinks and get wasted on the plane. Did you know you feel more drunk on a plane? Yeah, awesome. I'm going to sneak some vodka into this movie session because it'll be more fun that way. Let's get sippy cups to fill with goon and we'll go to the Royal Show drunk so that we have a good time. Do you want to come over to mine so we can have pre-drinks before we go out? It'll be more fun if we get ready together and drink. Can you do my makeup? I love drinking while I do my makeup. Yeah, I don't mind Christmas shopping actually. I just pop some vodka in a Macca's cup and then it's fun. Literally, that was my life. I didn't have a single activity in my life that I thought was fun because if I had to do something, I would add alcohol to the mix to make it fun. And if I couldn't add alcohol, then by the very absence of booze, I labeled the activity boring. Alcohol had to be present for it to be enjoyable. Alcohol was my definition of fun. And naturally, I gravitated towards other people who drank so that we could all have fun together. My social life was just one big party. I very rarely saw people sober. If I was going anywhere, if I was seeing anyone, I'd have to be drinking. But as I got older and my hangovers became more severe, I knew I had to dial it back. I couldn't drink like I used to. But unfortunately, my entire social life was so wrapped up in booze that I actually didn't know how to socialise without alcohol. If I needed to avoid the hangover, then I'd just straight up avoid the event. 
It never crossed my mind to just go to that party sober, to just catch up with my friend over coffee instead of wine, to head out for dinner instead of drinks. No, it was either you go out and you have a good time and let loose and get drunk, or you stay at home and avoid it completely. Because without the booze, what's the point? Alcohol was the fun part of socialising. If I couldn't have it, then I didn't want to go. And by contrast, sobriety meant being locked away at home, not seeing anyone. So naturally, I thought sobriety was incredibly boring. And that's a really dangerous place to be. Because yeah, there were times when I thought I had a drinking problem. There were times when I googled AA meetings near me. But I'd quickly close the browser and suppress the issue because I didn't want to be labelled an alcoholic. Once I crossed that line... Once I made the first step of admitting that I had a problem, well, that's when I'd have to stop drinking. And I couldn't do that. Drinking was how I had fun. Drinking was how I socialised. What, was I supposed to just 180 my life and become a shut-in? Was I going to have to make all new boring sober friends? How was I supposed to live my life without alcohol and be pining after it for the rest of my days? I'd look ahead at my future and just think of all the events I'd have to go to sober while everyone around me had fun and I just had to sit there and watch and not participate. No, it was too much. I didn't want that for myself. No, 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 no. I wasn't an alcoholic. Alcoholics are really bad. I'm not that bad. No, there's no issue here. I'm completely fine. This is fine. But it wasn't fine. It absolutely wasn't fine. Today we're talking fun and socialising, which is, that's what everyone asks me. I get messages in my DMs saying, okay, I, you've convinced me I want to stop drinking, but how do you socialise without alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got anything to say? Oh, you no, know, it's a question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it's very possible. Oh, it's absolutely possible. Because you know, yeah. last week we were talking about the advertising of alcohol and how it's in social media and everyone, we start to be sold this lie that socialising and fun comes from the bottle. And so when you decide that you might not want a part of that, it's impossible to reconcile that in your brain. Definitely. I don't think it was that hard for me to give up alcohol in terms of having alcohol in my veins or anything. Like I didn't have like a craving for it, but I certainly feel triggered by certain events Ooh, yeah, into having that. it. Yeah, all big time. So I feel like every significant event mm. feels like the way that you signify that it is a significant event is by topping it off with like a glass of wine or, for example, when it's a wedding or something, it's a really important yeah. occasion, okay, well, you have wine or if it's a disastrous occasion and you need to sit around and you need a debrief and stuff like, we're treating the situation really serious mm. by having a glass of wine. Yeah. That's sort of how I've felt. That's why Friday knockoffs are such a big deal because it signifies the end, of, end the of the week. It's the start of the yes. weekend. So, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, I get a lot of people ask me, why did you go sober? How did it start? And I thought I would talk about that today because I haven't really explained what happened. For me, in the lead up to my drinking, obviously I've talked about how, you know, I was really sad the day after drinking and how I tried to moderate. I was stuck between not knowing how to not drink, but also not wanting to drink. And it was a really messy situation. And I'd had these moments, which I'd spoken about a moment where I'd been hanging out with you on the couch and we were watching TV 
and I had a really good time and, we, and I didn't drink, right? <laughs> we were watching infomercials. We were watching infomercials. And religious television. And religious television. Oh, as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> we were looking at it because we were taking tips for public speaking and... Oh, they got really good. Get out. They're really good on stage. Good stage presence. Oh, so Such American presence. My God. People. But yeah, so we're watching that, and that that was one time that I walked away, and I thought, okay, so I had fun, and I didn't drink, right? And then there was this other time where I'd gone out with a friend, and she was hungover, so we went and got breakfast, and then we went shopping, and we didn't drink, and I remember having a really fun time, and then the last time. Literally can, three times, that's the three mm. three times my friend was moving to the UK the day before she left that night. We all went to her house to just eat pizza and watch TV and no one drank because we'd had such a big weekend that we were all still a bit sore from the weekend. And yeah, I didn't drink and I had a really good time. And it was in these moments that I would sit back and reflect and be like, okay, so I really am friends with these people. I've made a real connection. I can have a really fun mm. time without alcohol. And I started to see that I could potentially yep. have fun without alcohol. And it all came to a head one weekend. Big thanks to you, actually, this entire weekend. So Palmer and I had a really big fight. We hadn't been talking for days and it was your sister's birthday and we were going to head down to Ballarat. And I was so keen to get the fuck out of the house so that I didn't have to see Palmer yep. and like not tell him where I was, you know, just... Won't be home all weekend, bye. Like I was so happy about him. And we went down to Ballarat and it was Pippa's birthday and it was her 18th. So naturally the plan was we're going to go out. And we're going to shadow her first drink. Yeah, of course, right? You would not know this, but I was having this internal conflict the entire time that we were there. I was like a duck. On the outside, I looked calm and collected, but inside. Feet feet underwater. I was stressing. I knew that the next day we had a big day planned and I was just like, okay, I don't want to be hungover, but I can't not drink. And I really just actually want to stay home so that I'm not hungover for tonight, but it would be really rude not to go out and you've got to go out. And so like put on a brave face and you've got to go out and really stressing about how much I was drinking, making sure I didn't get home too late. And then when we got home, I was like, I've got to brush my teeth, wash my makeup off, have a lot of water so that I have the best possible chance of waking up, not feeling feeling hungover like all of this is going on in my head wow I did not know that yeah and then I got angry at myself when I got home because I was like you stayed out too late and you've ruined your day tomorrow already so for all the time that I thought that alcohol was fun that's not fun right that Mm. alone was terrible and that is pretty much what my life had become I'd gotten really used to that internal conflict being there of Mm. me not really wanting to do it but also not really having any choice in the matter it was just like if you're going to go out you're going to drink and I was angry that I kind of felt I had to do that but then the next day I wasn't hungover which was good and we went to Sovereign Hill which it was like Disneyland for was you. literally the best day of my life. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know what Sovereign Hill is, and this is going to sound so lame, it's a museum. <laughs> An interactive? An interactive, so immersive museum. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. It's like a theme park. Yeah. An old tiny theme park. <laughs> About the gold rush. So it's and like mining yeah. in the 1800s. Yes. It is the best place. (laughs) And the thing is, the whole week, everyone had told me. uh, They were like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to go to Sovereign Hill. And everyone would be, oh, my God, I love that place. And I'm so jealous. I want to go to Sovereign Hill. That's my favourite place in the world. And I had no idea what it was. I didn't know what to expect. And the whole time that we were out on that Saturday night, I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to drink too much because we're going to Sovereign Hill. And people were like, what? You're going to Sovereign Hill? We're meeting you there. It's so much fun. And I was like, what is what is this fucking place? Like, what could it be? Get the raspberry drops, please. Oh, Can you bring me back some raspberry everyone drops? Everyone mentions raspberry drops. <laughs> yeah. I and can't. so I was so confused. I was like, I've never even heard of this place. <laughs> and then I went and it was 
the best day of my life, right? Like I just had the best time. And we spoke last week about a subconscious mind, how it will pop up and say, hey, why don't you have a drink? And all of those examples I've given you just then of that time that I was on the couch with you, right? And even at Sovereign Hill, even though I'm having a good time, this little voice would pop up and say, hey, do you want a drink? And on all of those occasions, I would squash that voice and be like, no, I'm actually having a really good time. And I would feel so empowered by that decision. And I'd be like, alcohol doesn't own me. And so I came home from that weekend and I felt amazing. I know that I actually have a better time without alcohol. Like I knew that it was confirmed in my brain. And then unfortunately, because it was a long weekend, the next day I went out. And I went to the netball and I was actually really good at the netball. Usually I'd have a drink every quarter, but this Wait, time. hold on. I'm good at the netball. At the one time that you watched the netball with me, yeah. you spilt your drink on the mascot. <laughs> the mascot? <laughs> you did? Yeah. No, no, no. That, that was a different time. So like if I went to the netball and I wasn't in those VIP seats. Yeah. The drinks were non-stop and free when those seats. Yeah. And I you really drink. took advantage. But usually when I was Poor, paying for the drinks. What's Foxy. Foxy. Poor Foxy. Yeah. Came out with like a mop. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but just like fo- to Foxy's, she hit oh, you, me with you, her tail. She did. She did. And she uh, knocked the drink and then she was on the floor you, trying to. S- you have certainly made up since then. There's been uh, a lot of si- sober time in between. Yeah, don't stress. There's been a function. You've Foxy been to the function. I, yeah. So bad. Foxy and I, we're really tired. It's not a yeah. problem. But on that day, I went to the netball and usually I would have a drink every quarter. But this time I had just one drink every half, right? So I had two drinks and I felt really good because I was like, yeah, th- this is how I'm going to live my life. I don't mm. want to drink that much. And then the game ends and someone says, hey, why don't we go to the pub, you know? And all of a sudden that internal conflict starts again. It's because people want to keep the good times rolling. And I understand that. But with your friends, you're having fun, all mm. that. But you just don't know where to go next. And mm. that pubs are always open. It's, yeah, that's it's, it. it just sounds weird to be like, hey, do you want to like go to McDonald's? What else is open 20 Yeah, hours? that's true. I mean, or like, late. and what do you do? Like if, if we want to hang out. You know, I just, there was nowhere else to go. So yeah, everyone's like, let's go to the pub. And then I turn into like Bone Thugs and Harmony because I'm at a crossroads and I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to the pub. I don't want to drink. I just want to go home. But I give in, I go to the pub. And then I'm miserable while I'm there because I'm mad that I gave into it and I'm not enjoying myself. And because I'm not enjoying myself, I decide that I better drink more so that I start enjoying myself. And then the next thing I know... It's morning time. I've woken up hungover. I feel like a pile of shit. I have to call in sick for work. And I just start crying that I fucking did it again. And that was my rock bottom, I think, because it wasn't even that big of a night. It's just that I felt so fucking helpless. And I think having the contrast of two days where the day before I had a really good time sober and I was acknowledging that fact that I didn't have to drink to then just go straight back. Yeah, it was so contrasting. And I just thought why am I fucking doing this? I was really angry and I thought something has to change. And a few months earlier, I had seen this book about controlling alcohol. And when I liked the sound of that, because I thought, yeah, I'm going to control alcohol, not give it up because I never thought I could give it up. But I thought controlling it as in I can stop it too. That's Mm. what I thought the book was about. And I'd always put off reading it because 
it says you should have 30 days off drinking. And I kept being like, no, 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 I've got something coming up. I can't not drink. You know, I'll read it when I have a month off, which (laughs) was never going to happen. So I kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And on that day, I just thought, you know what? I can't not drink for the next 30 days because, you know, your birthday was coming up and we were going to Perth and doing a show. And I thought, no, I need a drink for those things. But I'll just start reading it with no intention of going sober, but I'll just read it to get some tips because enough is enough and I have to change something. That was it. I read that book and I stopped drinking and it changed and my life. And tricked you because it wanted you to quit forever. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> know. I really thought like, oh, I can control it. <laughs> and, um, and it was interesting because what had happened was I read the book and I was like, wow, okay, I think I could do this, right? I think I could actually stop drinking. And I had a party that Saturday. I was going to go to this party with some friends that were massive drinkers and I thought, I'm going to put this to the test. This is a great book in theory and I feel like I've changed, but... I'm going to go to this party and I'm going to test it out. And I didn't want anyone to sort of know what I was doing. So I just took some non-alcoholic beers, went along and pretended to drink. And I had absolutely no desire to drink. I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. I saw everything in a different light. I got home and I burst into tears because it was just like, I knew it was over. The war is over. I'm finally free from this addiction that's crippled me for so long. Like it's done. And I've not looked back. That's how it, that's how it happened. Yeah, I'm so grateful to the book, which and Sovereign Hill and Sovereign Hill is a big part. Not You're also it. a big part of it too. <laughs> the thing is, at that point, so I definitely was like, "Yep, this is it. I'm not going to drink anymore." But I was so nervous about telling people, so I sort of just kept it a secret and didn't let anyone know. And I think that's what we're going to talk about now is how to mm. start socializing sober. Because while I definitely was in the frame of mind that I knew I wasn't going to drink again. I was so stressed about people finding out about that fact. Eleven tips to help you socialise without alcohol. One, at the start, dry people, dry places. The first few social outings should probably be situations where sobriety is the default. Two, have a plan. If you are going somewhere that alcohol is served, Even if it's not a pub, it's a good thing to plan ahead a little. What type of drink are you going to order? Will you have friends there to support you? Three, don't draw attention to your sobriety. Unfortunately, people are going to want to ask lots of questions if they know that you're not drinking. If you don't feel prepared for that, keep a non-alcoholic drink in hand so people are less likely to offer you one. Four, have a response ready for the why aren't you drinking question. Chances are someone's going to ask you straight away why you're not drinking, so be armed with an answer to help you. At the start, you may want to even have an excuse if you don't feel ready to talk about it. You may say something like, I have an early morning or I'm driving tonight. Five, try new things. Most of what people do doesn't actually involve alcohol. Oh, the things you will learn and the random hobbies you will take up when you stop drinking. I'm a sewing, dog grooming, pole dancer now, and Bianca refuses to eat gnocchi that isn't made from scratch. These new skills will also help you gain more confidence. Six, push through the first few rounds. Really pump yourself up that it might be hard initially, but as the night goes on, it is actually easier to refuse a drink. Be especially prepared and come with your first drink. That is the one that is the hardest to turn down. Seven, to be less self-conscious, be more conscious of others. 
Self-consciousness makes socialising super difficult. It's why so many people feel the need to drink and socialise in the first place. One way to be less preoccupied with your own anxiety is to focus more on others. For example, what eye colour do they have? What are they wearing? 8. Focus on the positive. Don't fixate on what you're missing out on, but what you're gaining. Are you more aware of what's going on around you? Do you follow conversations better? Will you be more productive tomorrow? You'll definitely find the pros to not drinking outweigh the cons. 9. Watch the drinkers at the party. Remind yourself that you could look like that. 10. Enjoy your mornings. Get up an hour early after an event and make the most of feeling well. It's a great way to motivate yourself to keep going and the memory of that morning will last till the next time an event rolls around. 11. Know that time builds confidence. Every time you successfully don't drink, it makes the next time easier. We interrupt this podcast to bring you a commercial for ourselves. Just a reminder that we have an upcoming show in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and tickets are still available. Amazing. It is going to be a miracle if we pull this off because some life events have been happening and they're it's fucked and <laughs> essentially I have to rewrite my show. So it's, cool. It's quite possible it might just be Bianca on the stage, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. But come and get tickets because if Annie's on stage, it's going to be a short dumpster fire. <laughs> I hate you so much. I love you. Tickets are available at anniebianca.com.au. Uh, yeah, we've got an AU. We've got an AU. a really moving thing that you just talked about before and thank you for opening up as usual you've bared your soul to this i really have you've done really really well (laughs) and we're all really grateful (laughs) but i thought just to change the tone a little Mm. how annoying are drunk people now you're sober Don't even get me fucking started. I really didn't want to be this I don't want to say that. Yeah, I don't want to say that because I don't want people to think that I'm judging them. Or that you're self-righteous and now, you know. But but at the same time, there's a but. But, you know, even though, yeah, I'm sober now, but drunk people annoyed me even when I was drinking anyway. But you were drinking yourself, so your tolerance was probably yeah I was complicit let's say and also you always just thought I'm not like one of those the reality is I would have been like all those really annoying drunk people but I don't know I always thought oh well but not me I'm not an annoying (laughs) drunk I'm a really fun drunk yeah I knew I was an annoying drunk for sure not as annoying as some but I knew that it was just yeah you would reach a point. I could see Stop it in it. your face. Don't. You know drunk face? I do, do know, you know drunk, drunk face. <laughs> I'm well. I'm very drunk well face. versed in drunk face. Do you, you know that face that sometimes people pull? Oh, my mum's drunk face used to just irritate me so much. I feel like their jowls get long or something because they have they can't really like hold their face. Yeah. But their eyebrows go up so that they can keep well, their eyes open. Or you something. know, you get like that William Shatner bloat because you're just so you're filled to the brim of alcohol you're just like oh I just yeah I I mean that's the thing though this is why I didn't want to stop drinking because drunk people were annoying so if I went somewhere and I was around drunk people they would be really annoying so then 
for me to ever consider being sober, <laughs> I thought, fuck no, I don't want to be sober because I don't want to deal with these people, right? When you think about going sober, even when I started reading that book and was like, yeah, I'm going to be sober, I thought I'm going to have to get all new friends because I won't <laughs> be able to hang out with these people, That right? is so sad, isn't it? That you, it is. People might be all just getting drunk so that they can tolerate each other. Yeah. That's bullshit. Isn't it? But the reality is, is that once you go sober, it's not that you have to tolerate putting up with them or anything like that. You actually just leave before that yeah, point exactly. arrives. Yeah, that's the thing. So as soon as everyone becomes that annoying stage when they do mm. tip over, yeah, and it does, it changes between like merry banter to just drunk nonsense. And you just, you just, you, bail you out. just leave right at the cusp (laughs) and that's the great thing I think about not drinking one is that you get a good night's sleep because you leave before it gets Mm. ruckus but two you don't do things that you don't find fun I would go to events right that I didn't really want to go to alcohol was always the main objective for everything that I did so say someone said to me hey do you want to go to the football I would think no not really don't really want to go oh but I can drink there so I will go so I can drink like I'm not going for the football I'm going so I can drink and then the football sort of just became an annoying part getting in the way of my drinking so I would drink to get through events that I didn't really want to go to but I'd only go because I could drink and then it was just getting in the way of my drinking so then I couldn't wait to get to the pub where I could actually have fun and just be drinking and now I'm like oh no I I don't want to do that so I just won't go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'll find something else that I actually want to do. Because if you have to drink to make something fun, maybe it's just not fun. Maybe it's just not for you. And you start to become really aware of what you enjoy doing. And what I don't enjoy doing is staying out really late at parties. So I go to the party, I have a good time with my friends, but I just bail out beforehand. And it's not necessarily though that the party goes too long. It's that the quality of the party always drops off towards the end of the Mm. night. It just does. That's what happens. So when I went sober, obviously I didn't tell anyone because my plan was I needed to relearn how to socialise without alcohol. And that's the thing that kind of annoys me about alcohol is it really robs you of that ability to socialise. Because obviously when you're a child and when you're a teenager and you're not drinking, you make friends with people, you're able to converse with people. But as you get older in life, you start relying on alcohol and then it's almost impossible to do those things without alcohol and you become really reliant on it. So when I decided to go sober, I had to relearn how to socialise and that's why I kind of kept it secret and would just pretend to drink so that I could navigate those waters without anyone knowing or without being under anyone's microscope of like, is she going to be as much fun? But now that everyone knows, you know, I'll be at a party and I'll say, all right, well, I'm going to call it a night. And there's always one person that goes, oh, B, I thought you said your life wasn't changing now that you drink. Like, you know, your social life is changing. You're always leaving parties early. And I'm like, babe, that's no different to before. Because before I was, I was, I was drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I was drinking hours before the party. I actually stay later now than I used to because before I would actually pass out. Yeah, exactly. So it hasn't changed. And you'd have to look after me and yeah. Yeah, you'd have to leave the party too to come with me and hold my hair back <laughs> and I'd have to go get Palmer to go get me some adult nappies from Annie's house. Like, <laughs> Another thing that people do bring up about not drinking is social anxiety and I've never had social anxiety myself but I was at a party recently and one of my friends said you know I I think I want to stop drinking but I have really bad social anxiety and I I need a drink to be able to attend the party because if I don't have alcohol then I I have anxiety about going and then I just won't go and I said look I've not had social anxiety before can you explain to me how you feel and she said 
well, I just feel that I'm going to say the wrong thing or that there's going to be awkward pauses or that I'm not going to fit in with everyone. And I thought, yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, do you feel that putting alcohol in your system is going to stop you from saying the wrong thing? It's more more likely to cause you to say the wrong thing. When I attend something now, I'm much more self-aware of how I feel, what I'm saying. I will discuss things with people I actually want to spend time with. I think when I was drinking, I didn't really care who I was hanging out with. I didn't really care who I was talking to as long as there was someone there that I could chat to so I could keep drinking. Yeah. See, that is what I always felt victim to is I didn't really care about going out to drink. That wasn't ever a big thing for me. But once I was there and I was drinking, then I wanted to keep on drinking. Like I'd already made the effort. That's how I'd always feel. I'm like, oh, well, the kids already looked after or whatever. I'm already out. I may as well make this a thing. I'm paying for the babysitter. I may as well get my money. I may as well. Exactly. It wouldn't really matter who was around. You know, some of my friends be like, well, you know, we don't have kids and stuff. So we're going to go. Not that they would say that to me and rub it in my face. But um, (laughs) they, they would they would go because they're like, okay, well, I get the opportunity to go out all the time. Mm. So I don't really have the mindset of any like it has to be a big one. So they'd slowly drop off and I'd end up talking to people that I don't like. I don't care for. I always would get into a political debate with (laughs) arseholes that just – it was just so time-wasting. Yeah, time-wasting. Big time. With people that I don't even care about. People that I don't even like. Yeah, I would be friends with people. It was sort of like any excuse for socialising was an excuse for drinking. So I would go out with someone that I didn't really care about but I would go because it meant I could drink. But then on the same rationale, because I didn't really like them, I felt, well, I better drink a lot more to make them interesting. And I would be doing these things that I didn't really want to do, but I'd then have to drink to make it fun. And now I'm just like, no, no, I do things because I prioritise my happiness. I do things because I want to do them. And if something doesn't interest me or if someone I don't get along with, I'm not going to spend time with that person. But also, I'm not wasting everyone else's time now. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. uh, You know, the amount of times that maybe I have been drunk and like Liam's been sober for ages. I I can only imagine how many conversations he's had to sit through that I (sighs) might not even (laughs) remember. I know. Honestly, don't. I know. Like I I still cringe about my drunk self. You know, I... I used to, this is how bad I was. I would delete my Instagram app. If I, okay, there would be a point in the night that I was like, okay, it's time to get really ruckus. And I would go onto my phone and delete the app to stop me from posting anything embarrassing to my social media so that I didn't have to deal with it the next day. And there'd be times in that night that I would get my phone out and be like, oh, let's put something on Instagram. And then the app wouldn't be there and I'd be confused. I'd be like, why is this Taylor Swift like blank space? Why is there no app there? Oh, because I deleted it to save myself from this exact situation. Like I was a menace. I'm so grateful that I don't like deal a with child, that. really. An actual child. Like you're telling – you're in this <laughs> conflicted thing where you're telling yourself off and you're banning it and yeah. you're, you're not having your iPad. It's going away. <sighs> and then you come out and you're fighting oh, with yourself again. Just Get in the naughty absolute, corner, Bianca. Absolute nightmare. But, uh, yeah, I will say, you know, social anxiety – I know that people do drink because they want to stop that social anxiety and I totally understand that. But at the same time, if you get through, say, one event sober, that gives you your confidence back. Yeah, that was the point that I ended on before was that 
every single time that you go out and you don't drink and you get up and you have fun the next day and make the most of it. Every event that you get through, the next one is easier. Yeah. Initially, those events, you would do a lot of planning, like what line have I got? Why am I saying that I'm not drinking Mm. or what drink am I going to hold in hand and all of that stuff. And now, yeah, what drink am I going to hold? I used to be so fearful that someone would see the label and be like, hey, that's not alcoholic. Do you know that? Yeah. (laughs) And so that eventually goes. And certainly the people that are around you know that you're sober. So the conversations around your sobriety all start drying up, so to speak, and you don't have to go through all of your life story and why you've chosen sobriety and blah, 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 blah. You just exist and you're just a sober person having a great time. That's all it is. The best part for me is that when I was a drinker, I couldn't remember the night before. I would just be hungover and be like, well, what even happened last night? I don't remember actually having fun. But now when I go out, I have real, true, genuine, authentic fun. And I catch myself in those moments. And I think you would never have experienced this if you were drinking. Yeah. And I just, it it is a better high than anything I've ever experienced in my life. So it's definitely possible to enjoy a sober social life. Absolutely. You can get that power back of going out and not needing or relying on alcohol to have a good time. It's definitely possible. Today's episode, we have a very special guest, special to us. So special to us. Ashling is a friend who I've had since I was about 15 and she's probably the only sober friend I've really ever had. And she's an absolute gem. So we got her in to talk about what's it like socialising without alcohol all your life. And she does her own comedy and she does her own producing and everything. So you've got to listen to the end to hear all about it. I'm just excited because I want everyone to love her. And I know that they will. (laughs) I know that they're going to listen to this and love her. Little ray of sunshine. She's an absolute gem. So this is Ashling. discuss sober people and ask you to envision someone you know that is sober and think about are they a fun person do they need alcohol to have a good time and the first person that came to my head was my friend Ashling who is here right now and I thought well Ash doesn't drink and she is without a doubt the most fun person I know and I think everyone Annie you'll probably agree with me when I say this, but when you meet, like when you meet Ashling, she's got such an infectious aura and it's hard to, <laughs> to not, it's hard, it's hard not to love you as you are because you're just so amazingly you. I'm going <laughs> and, and I thought about you and I thought, well, Ash is sober and yeah, I, it helped me because I thought, well, no, Ash doesn't drink and she's one of the best people I know. So that was helpful. And Ash, you are here today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, of course. Oh my God, that was so, so lovely. I was, <laughs> I'm going to cry. That's so nice. Oh, it's the truth. Oh my God. I'm like, uh. <laughs> you said like, look away when you laugh. And then I was like, what if I cry into it? I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, so Ash, you are sober. Yes. I'm not a big drinker and I've I've never really done drugs. What is never really? Okay, so 
That's not a no. I knew that was, that was not going to be able to speak. <laughs> One time when I was really, uh, like I was in high school, this girl put some drugs into some cookies and I didn't know. And I love cookies. <laughs> and so I had some of the cookies. But I feel like there was actually nothing in there and I think she might have lied. Because I don't think anything happened. What <laughs> drugs was it meant to be? I think it was just like weed hash. or something. Yeah, yeah something. Been, yeah, a little yeah. hash cookie. Yeah, but I, I feel like I was. I don't fine. think anything could mellow you out. <laughs> if I'm being honest, <laughs> um, either that or I somehow have an intolerance. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I did have a really good night. But I don't know. Anyway, uh, so you've never been much of a big drinker, have you? Ever drunk? Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely um, still drink every now and again, but I just have never had a really big desire to drink or do drugs. And yeah. So when do you drink? Because um, we had a party not that long ago and I would have assumed that that would be the time that you would drink. Yeah, you didn't you drink had anything. A kombucha. So who are you well, saying? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so like I would probably drink maybe at a dinner or something. Or maybe, like I honestly have a drink maybe like once a year. Right. I know that's great. And I assume <laughs> and it's definitely been it. years that I've... <laughs> The like, always been years go by you're like, oh, slipped by me that year. Yeah, I was like, it. oh, didn't even have a drink this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And why is that? Do you think? Okay, so because obviously when you asked me about it, I was reflecting on why. And I, you know, as most things go, you go back to your childhood and you're like, well, obviously something maybe not, not happened, but there was obviously a decision of mm. that possibly was made when I was a child. And I, I definitely remember when I was a kid, my parents were quite social and they had, you know, parties and things. And I remember seeing a lot of adults <laughs> being drunk. And I think I just thought it seemed silly. I remember my dad's friend falling asleep at the table and it was kind of, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, just things would, ha- would happen. And also I, I'm very close to my dad. And I remember if he was to get drunk, I knew that it would be a period of time that I couldn't relate to him in the same way that I could when he was sober, does that make sense? Yes. So, yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. So it was like, you know, a few hours of a night that I knew that I wouldn't be able to go up to him and speak to him and interact with him in a way that I loved. Do you know uh, what I mean? Because yeah. I knew he wouldn't, he wouldn't be, I remember even one time we were driving home and he asked me like five times, we, we went to McDonald's and he kept turning around and being like, what do you want? And then like, <laughs> he wasn't driving. My mum was driving. And then like a couple of seconds later, he'd be like, and what are you, Ashley, what are you? <laughs> and I was like, an orange juice. <laughs> okay, so first of all, McDonald's orange juice is the I- worst and you made the worst decision. <laughs> and second of all. I know people are going to be listening to this going, I can't even relate to this yeah. girl at all. She's picking orange yeah. juice at McDonald's and, and not drinking it. And it's funny that, because oh mo- I think like for me personally, I had the same thing where I saw adults drinking but thought that's what you're meant to do. Oh, okay. And it's funny how you didn't fall into it. You actually did the thing of because now being sober, drunk people really annoy me. Oh, right. Okay. And yep. so, you know, yep. when you're not drunk and someone drunk is talking <laughs> to you and they're slurring and they're repeating and you're like, oh my God, I can't stand you right now. You had that as a kid <laughs> and you're like, no, nah, it's not for me. I'm out of it. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't think I'll join them. I was just, oh, I'd, yeah. Also, I think there was times when if my parents had an argument, it was normally after, after drinking, drinking or yeah. something like that. So I think you do have those feelings of I don't like this thing because it makes people I love unhappy. 
And also you were saying that you felt like you couldn't be close to your dad. Lots of people drink to get close to people. And yeah. for you as a child, it was like you were disattaching. There was like no humanity in drinking. It was pushing you further away from people. So it's like the exact opposite of yeah. like a, why a lot of people say that they need a drink to socialise yeah. and things like that. You were like, no, yeah. I'm fine. Every time I have a drink, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I was thinking about this because then – I've been doing a lot of reflecting. Then when I go into my teenage years, because I experienced definitely my teenage years, a lot of social anxiety. So when you say, oh, you're really fun, you know, Mm. socially, it's taken me years of time to relax around people and feel comfortable. And I I felt more so if I was to have alcohol, it would be a hindrance to me. I felt like I couldn't connect to people and I wanted to be able to connect. And I feel like... I'm sorry, that's just so different to what people normally say. Oh, yeah, there you like go. You're a rare little gem there because most oh. people drink to fit in socially and yeah. because they feel it relaxes their inhibitions a little bit. And yeah, like, yeah. And you didn't want to do that. No, I just feel like, you know, so I remember even probably one time when I was drunk, I got a little bit drunk when I was a teenager and I remember I was sort of saying things and I did not like the feeling of not being able to control what I was saying. And I remember I was talking to this guy I felt like I was like being abrupt with him because I was just not completely there. And then I I just hated that feeling of not being able to relate to him. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like being sober and having social anxiety, you're like, I've just got to put the hard work in and eventually it'll get there rather than having sort of this cheats way, like having <laughs> Rosebud in The Sims. <laughs> having, yeah. having the cheats way. Yeah, see, I was like a Rosebud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been a Rosebud. I just wanted yeah. to build the mansion straight away. So you can drown them. Oh my God. I've always had a cemetery. Always yeah. killed them. But you know, you, other people were sort of having that cheeks weight. They're like, okay, well, I'll take alcohol to help mm. out. But what happens is you end up having anxiety. The next day, did I say the right thing or and have it, flashbacks and be like, oh, I can't believe I said that. Yeah, Checking your Instagram story and being like, oh God, delete, how many delete, people delete. have seen that? Delete, delete, delete. Yeah. yeah. You don't have that. No, you never. <laughs> so how long did it take you that. to get your anxiety, social anxiety under wraps? I think, yeah, in high school, so when I went into high school, I had a really hard transition from primary school to high school. In primary school, I remember talking to Bianca, Bianca, I keep saying. You're the Sorry, only I'm person I don't correct. <laughs> I let everyone else, I'm like, it's Bianca bitch. But you, I'm like, I'll let it slide. For your whole it's life, hard. I've been like, people are saying your name wrong and it is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and you never told me. I'm so, no, it's I'm fine. so, so upset about it. Anyway, um, I, when I was in high school, I, I remember, you know, <laughs> as you guys know, I come out with some weird, I say some weird things sometimes. And when you meet people... <laughs> When you meet people for the first time and they have not accepted you for who you are, they, (laughs) it seems, find some things I say weird. And so when I came into high school and I would, you know, say things, at first sometimes I I found some people would be like, oh, like she's weird. That's something, you know, weird. And then I was just like, oh. And then I felt like, well, not saying what I want to say is worse because I don't get to be who I am yeah and then so I was just like well I'm just gonna say whatever I think and I don't care <laughs> yeah and then so I just yeah I would just say in in most moments what I thought or what I felt yeah. you know in yeah like not saying anything bad just how I was feeling yeah and then you start to attract people that 
are like-minded. Yeah, are like-minded. You filter out the shit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then you you find people, yeah, that make you feel safe and enough to be who you are. And I remember, and I, it's funny because my brother recently has been experiencing some really bad social anxiety and I think it's a really common thing and people experience it at all ages. And I told him, one of the things I remember that I used to think when I was younger was everything I say is awesome. (laughs) 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 Like even if I was the only one that thought it, I was like, that was a great thing to say. <laughs> you have said some great things. Uh, one I will never forget is we were talking about <laughs> how much food you should eat in a day and that you should be eating nuts. And you said, I find nuts really tiring. And I thought <laughs> that is the best description of nuts because it's exactly how I feel. Like oh, it's hard work. so much work. Oh, my God. I just don't have time for that. I don't have time for nuts. Like <laughs> The amount of chewing you have to do. I know, the chewing oh, and just yeah. the amount that you have to eat to get yeah. the right oh, amount of nutrients. And the shell off. Yeah. Right. And yeah. sometimes you're halfway through and you're like, oh. Well, I can't. I've still got six more cashews to go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I mean like even halfway through your halfway through chewing, you're like, well, I can't, I can't swallow because that's going to be painful. I can't spit them out. So, oh, you know, I just, oh, I'm stuck with these nuts. I'm stuck with these nuts. Yeah. Have you ever had a relationship where the other person drank? Oh, yeah. One of the first relationships I was in, he was a really big drinker and it was a contentious part of our relationship and the thing is I wanted to preface this by saying that I have no judgment of anyone that drinks or does drugs or anything like that I'm yeah um, I mean well we're friends <laughs> oh, I was just going to say <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> you've know, been like, hanging around this yeah, long I know. Uh, yeah it was it was really difficult and you know I think similar to me talking about the moment that I was not really I don't really like alcohol because I don't like the experiences that it's given me and my family for him I know that he started drinking because of a circumstance that happened to him and that led him to start drinking alcohol as like a coping mechanism yeah 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 yeah. you know you can drink alcohol and do drugs in a really safe fun way but for him he had some very depressing things in his life and so he obviously had to use alcohol as an escape and he's he spoke to me about that a lot and I was very understanding of him but there was times that you know, it was very difficult because, you know, I would have to take care of him when he was really, really drunk. And also there was times where he would put my safety at risk. And I've even had that with other friends with with drugs. I had a friend and, you know, she had quite a bad drug problem. And one time she was in the car with me and my little brother and my little brother was in the front seat and I nearly crushed the car and it would have killed my little brother. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> this oh, is, Sorry, this is so like... Um, getting off track but you know but I still love her and I, I you know I don't I don't judge her but yeah I've mm. had relationships with lots of people mm. a lot of the people I know have drink a lot or you know I've got, I've got friends with, with substance abuse problems and things like that and I have no judgment of them and I think a lot of it stems from uh, things that may have happened to them and maybe that's why they do that. Do you find that you're often <coughs> taking on the role of the carer? Yeah, and I and uh, there was a period of time that I really resented that because when I was in Perth, I was the designated driver a lot. It's really interesting because when you don't drink and you become the designated driver, you have that feeling of, am I being invited out because I'm just taking care of people and driving yeah, people home? you're cheaper than an Uber. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I remember raising that with my, my friends at the time. But now that I live in Melbourne, and I think this is another point of alcohol and not drinking, is that I know 100% because I don't drink that, People want to spend time with me. I feel valued as a part of my community of friends because of who I am, not because I'm going to shop and, you know, drive everyone around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, like, I mean, because I don't have a car, so you know, in Melbourne, I live in a different city now. I know that my value is not because I'm going to show up and be like a wild part. You know what I mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm people in, you know, obviously my friends enjoy my company, yeah. which is such an, a nice, a nice thing. Do you leave parties first? Um, Do you find? I, yes. I didn't. Yes. But now yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to test to that. But I'd always be like, well, like fair enough because we're all getting really rowdy and yeah. slurring and I'm like, I can't believe you lasted this long if I'm being honest. <laughs> like fair enough. Yeah. Oh, when I was younger, I didn't. I, I still feel like I partied a lot. I used to go out the same as normal people, like three times, well, not normal people, but a lot of kids go out, you know, three times a week and I still did that and I would dance and party and I loved it. Do yeah. you find it a bit ostracizing sometimes? Uh, more so when I was younger. I think also like I remember people being like, oh, I thought she might get upset or I don't know, like things uh, like yeah. that. And that made yeah, me feel drink, like. Drink in front of Ash. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, well, I don't, I don't care. It hurts me more so that people feel like they can't be open and honest with me. So there was that. Or yeah, maybe people feeling like I would be disappointed in them or something. And I'm like, I would never be. I, I, this is just a decision for me personally. Like I've never said to anyone, you know, you really shouldn't. <laughs> you know, like mm. I've got my own vice. <laughs> I'm just getting vices. Like I eat. Your yeah. sugar is your vice. Yeah, I eat a lot of chocolate and things. You know, I've not said like saying that I'm perfect or mm. I've got the solutions to everything. But I personally felt like for me, if I was to throw alcohol into my life, I knew that that would be just not the, the best option for me personally yeah finding love do you look for people that are also not big drinkers or would it at the stage in your life now you would want someone that's not a drinker or is it something that you think about I don't think I yeah I don't think I really think about that you know I'm Irish I'm around like a lot of drugs all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah as you get older you think more so does it, is this person making healthy choices not just for me but also if I want to have kids one day would they be yeah, how's the sperm the healthiest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How is that oh sperm God. of yours, young man? <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, it depends. Like, because there's plenty of people I'm sure that can drink maybe only a few a week and they're they're fine. Mm. But yeah, it's not like a, it depends how how drunk they you know would be. Yeah, because I think it does create problems with, with relationships if it's if it's really really bad. Do you have a question? Oh no, I thought I would just look up the question. Oh yeah, go. <laughs> if I can if that's all right. Yeah. Oh sure. Oh you want to run the interview. <laughs> go for it. Ask no, question. seriously, do go yeah. for it. Oh my god, yeah, because no, I wanted to ask so obviously it's how many days now that you've you both have 83 83 days that and that's amazing like that's yeah. so exciting. And I was thinking about this on the way over. Is do you what, what was is a reason that you that I decided, stopped yeah that you decided I think I had personally wanted out of alcohol for a really long time. I don't even know if our friends know that I'm not drinking. I don't think they know because mm-hmm. there's probably not that obvious mm. compared to me. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> wet pants over there. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bring a nappy bag. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's pretty obvious with these. So they probably don't even, I don't even know if they know me, but. I have noticed that when B does say, it makes them feel initially a little bit attacked. They have yeah. to look at themselves. Oh, okay. You know, and so they feel like even though Bianca's making that choice for herself and even though they knew she needed to make it, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, B, but as if there wasn't conversations about B, like yeah. is she okay? Does yeah. someone need to intervene, what? you know? Intervene and about her not drinking. No, intervene oh, okay. about her drinking. Yeah. Oh, Because it got okay. like – 
there were yeah. points where it yeah. had escalated so bad that so they knew that she needed to cut back or quit and even though she did it she did it she finally did it it's still a little bit oh yeah but it's only temporary it's not yeah. forever is it that's so weird. Yeah. It's like how it makes everyone else, you know what I mean? And they yeah, shouldn't be thinking like that. They I should think be thinking it's how kind of like, I'll say it's like going vegan. When you tell someone I'm <gasps> vegan, which yeah. is a choice that has nothing to do with them, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they realise you've made a better decision for yourself, for the animals, for the environment, like mm-hmm. you've made a good choice mm-hmm. and it makes me feel shit because I can't make that choice for myself mm-hmm. and so like, fuck you for making me feel bad yeah and I think it's the same thing so when I'm like oh I'm sober people all of a sudden are like oh well you know I don't drink that much or like I I never really get drunk I'm like I honestly don't give a shit how much you drink it doesn't yeah. affect me whatsoever I'm just letting mm. you know that I don't drink but yeah. people do feel kind of like I feel very attacked and like I'm not attacked. yeah 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 definitely well I guess that's how, even how people feel like um when they've got people on Facebook that are political because I know I get <laughs> political sometimes and people are like oh I'm sick of these people and it's like it's because it's it's how it makes them feel about themselves yeah, yeah. they're like well I'm not paying attention as much attention to these things mm-hmm. I don't like that you make me feel like you know yeah. I'm not you know as up to speed so it's more so yes. you have to just let them feel that way and they'll get over it well yeah um, I guess you were saying though before like people would try to hide alcohol in front of you to be like oh Ashling doesn't like it yeah and make yeah. you feel a bit like a pariah in a yeah way. yeah it is it's weird it's like one small decision can make everyone else like bizarre and it's like yeah just ex- you know what I mean just accept like I'm accepting you for what you want to do so just accept me for yeah not I think wanting to do that. and I guess as well if you're like at a party environment and you decide I mean so I for a really long time I've just been drinking non-alcoholic wines in a wine glass or non-alcoholic beers mm-hmm. with the labels ripped off so that people mm-hmm. won't notice that I'm not drinking. And I was at a house party and this guy rocked up and everyone's like, oh, do you want a beer? And he said, oh, I'm not drinking tonight. And everyone was like, oh, you fucking loser. Like, what? why'd you bother coming? And I'm sitting there like, I'm not drinking either, but you just can't tell because I've got a beer in my hand, but it's right. you know, there's no alcohol in it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just easier to mm-hmm. sort of fit in, you know, mm-hmm. because the thing mm-hmm. is people are like, well, if you're going to come to our party, like you're coming mm-hmm. here to drink, don't bother coming sort of thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. at the same time, like they would never know. I guess it's like if you mm-hmm. had an orgy and someone just stood there, <laughs> you'd be like, hey, are you going to, yeah. we're fucking, <laughs> so like be fucking. And I kind of get it that they're like, look, like we're having I a party. I socialise better by just standing here. <laughs> It's better for me if I'm just standing. But, yeah, so I kind of get it because people are like, well, this is a safe place and we want to party. We don't want someone coming here with their sobriety. Like right. I understand that, no, but it's like you don't – Yeah, you need to understand that it's not like that. It's just my choice not to participate. Yeah. I See, I, oh, God, I have no social awareness because I've obviously been to a lot of parties and people have been like – Well, like you've always bore. got a kombucha in your hand and people yeah. are like, oh, she's on the kombucha, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say to you bef- before when you said the thing about – it's only one day a week, you'd lose one day a week. But if you, it's like the compound effect. So if you tally that up, that's 52 <laughs> days. You know what I mean? Like that's like a that's lot a of the days lot of, of the year that you're now spending well, that's on. that's what Annie's saying that it was half a day, like a day. For me, it was a good three days. Yeah, well, wow. more because yeah. part of it is spent drinking. No, okay, to be honest, it's like every day because half the day is spent thinking when is it to, when is it? Like an okay mm. time for me to drink. So like you're already <laughs> thinking about it. That's, I shouldn't love Then you start drinking and then, you know, after a few I have no memory and then the next morning I wake up late. I've got to clean the bed sheets and then I lie in bed all day not moving and then, yeah. 
that's see and then I had the opposite I had kids mm. same I used to get so jealous because Bianca would message me and just be like, yeah, I'm laying on the couch watching Forensic Files. And I'd be like, <laughs> fucking hell, well, I'm an Oz kick yeah. dying. <laughs> and, and I would have to socialise with other parents. And, and, you know, so many of them are also doing it. It's not – they're getting drunk and having a good time too. And so they should. It's their life. But I found it just too hard and I just didn't feel like I was – being a very supportive mum, one, but two, it was just physically hard. Yeah. It just yeah, made it me feel like toll. shit. Mm. Because alcohol takes as well 10 days to leave the body. Wow. So yeah. in that 10 days, you're not sleeping properly. Like there's so mm-hmm. much things that's going on. So you're actually exhausted. Yeah. And so yeah. after, if you're constantly drinking within those 10 days, your body never fully recovers. Mm-hmm. And so I can say now having not drunk for as long as I have, I sleep so much better. I'm so more energized. Like my skin is brighter. I was just about to say my skin has improved oh so much. Gosh, I yeah. honestly cannot deal like <laughs> no. the glow, the sober yeah. glow is yeah. like I just wish that's why, that people, that's people why spend, pregnant women are yes. glowing. It's oh. just because they're sober. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's crazy because so many people spend all this money on like a pink clay yeah. mud mask and all this stuff. And I'm like, honestly, like if you just saved your money by not drinking, you would be 100% glowing. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy how much the alcohol alcohol does take a toll on your body. And it is, mm-hmm. as Annie said, yeah, exhausting. Yeah. And also like just <laughs> I'm not selling like the, the compound theory, but like, well, I mean, it's a real thing. But um, with even with the compound effect, like you guys are lucky that you've got time on your side in, in terms of your age. But I used to work with this girl and her dad used to drink, you know, I don't think he even like he he would drink a lot with his friends after work. Maybe not like that he would be getting wasted. But he ended up being diagnosed with diabetes. Mm. I think obviously diet and there was other factors in there, but alcohol played a big part of it. Yeah. And his doctor said uh, if you don't, because he started he w- he didn't have any feeling in his legs, um, and he's obviously sixty odd. Mm. And his doctor said alcohol is the biggest part of the reason why you have diabetes. So you need to stop drinking, otherwise we're going to have to amputate your legs. Mm. And so for her family to find that out, you know, even in terms of for my friend, her mum would then have to be his carer. So that cuts off her retirement time because she can't enjoy her. I mean, for both Mm -hmm. of them, it's obviously devastating. For my friend, it was very difficult because she was pleading with her dad to stop drinking. Mm. And he said, "Don't like, you know, don't be ridiculous. You know, how am I going to go to the pub and – my friend's going to be ordering alcohol and I'm not, I'm going to get a Coke. Like, what do you think? You know, like a diet Coke yeah. or whatever. Like, what? A, that's going to be ridiculous. You know, and his, him holding up his, you know, own in front of his friends was more important to him than, you know, he he's, used to lose yeah. his, his legs, I you think, know, us. Yeah. I, but I feel that way. Like, I mean, as a sober person now, I don't think there's something wrong with sober people at all. And obviously like you're my, you were really my only sober friend. Wow. Um, yeah. But I was like, if it's a choice between being sober and just being, you know, I probably wouldn't hang out with that many sober people. I knew you personally from mm-hmm. a long time ago. So that's <laughs> yeah. why, like, I knew who you were as a person. But I probably wouldn't have gone out and made friends with someone that was sober because I'm like, well, we've got nothing in common and I'll never be able to have fun with them or whatever. I was definitely one of those people that was like, well, fuck sober people. And I feel shitty about that now, but it is a choice that I would have been like, well, I'd rather just drink myself to an early grave than be 
sober. Like, and wow. I think so many people think that way. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah, if you are given the choice, give up alcohol or, you know, it's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. I think so many people just think, well, I want to just live my life the way I am. I can. I think it's yeah. the same with cigarettes. Like um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my dad would probably be alive today if he mm-hmm. had quit when they told him to. Yeah. But he just said – I've only got a certain amount of years on this earth and I want to live them how I want to live them. And he wanted to live them smoking and drinking, so he did, and then it killed him. But I think some people just are in that mindset like, it's too hard, I can't go back, that's what my life is. And, yeah, I was 100% on that camp too. Wow. I guess I didn't know. You almost come to terms with it. Yeah, you kind of just accept like, well, that's how I live. Live fast, die young and, (laughs) you know. Yeah, whereas I'm like, I've got to be safe. (laughs) I should be in a bubble. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, so funny. Oh, um, can you tell us all of your like social stuff that you want to plug? Oh, yeah, that's so nice of you guys. Oh, okay, so I have a web series, <laughs> but you know, I'd love to, I love being on here. Like, I would be here on here. Yeah, I, love, <laughs> I love you guys. So I would even just spend time with yeah, It's up. okay, plug away, <laughs> plug it yourself. Um, I have a web series called Dad Mate, it's hilarious. Dad, D A D M A T E. Dad mate, like roommate, but dad. Yeah, dad yeah. mate web series with some absolutely lovely people. Yeah, just it's, yeah, it has been the best time ever. So, yeah, if you guys want to watch that, that would and be great. And it's written and directed by you. Yeah, by me. And it's going to be yeah. available on IGTV real soon. <laughs> <laughs> Once I do a tutorial. <laughs> but it's already on Facebook and it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And you do have an Instagram account. Yeah, I do have an Instagram account. I think it's Ashling. It's spelled Irish, A-I-S-L-I-N-G. Rose McGrogan. Oh, God, it's to, long. Do you want to spell the whole thing for us? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, we can put it in the show notes. Oh, yeah, yeah good okay. idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's our duty. Like, I'm not as interesting as any of you. <laughs> it's our job to do that. We'll put all of the notes in. Oh, yeah. And so thank you nice. so much for coming oh, in. No, of course. Honestly, this is, do you know what? to wrap this up like whether you guys drink alcohol or not you're just such valuable people and i love spending time with you guys are just lovely okay like, like the you're lovely people. because <laughs> you had to get bus replacements for the train here today oh, no so. no do you know what i actually have to tell you guys i know we're trying to wrap up this is a lot it's fine okay, okay. <laughs> so i met this girl that i worked with and she was I can't even remember how. I think she said something about Annie or something. And I was like, oh, Annie and Bianca. I was like, yeah, they're my friends. And then they were, she was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love them, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, genuinely, I cannot think of better people to look up to because they are the nicest people. Yeah. They're just such. Stop it. Yeah. Like, don't stop it. And, oh, no. And it just, I was like, you know what? I'm so glad that they're your heroes because they are just amazing people. Heroes, you didn't Heroes. mention that bit yeah. <laughs> a little bit far. <laughs> this episode was written, produced, and edited by me, Bianca Thompson, and my best friend, Annie Nolan. Music by Pleasant Pictures Music. Big thanks to our special guest, Ashling McGrogan, for coming in to chat to us, but also just for existing and being in our lives because she's the cutest, sweetest little gumdrop and we love her so much. You can follow Ashling on Instagram at Ashling Rose McGrogan and check out her web series, Dad Mate, while you're at it. As always, thanks for listening. Stay safe, be kind to yourself and go out and have some fun. Real, true, authentic fun. It's out there waiting for you.